0: Welcome to Football Scotland Daily, the podcast that brings you all the big news, analysis and debate, Monday to Friday, just in time for your daily commute. I'm Johnny McFarlane, and today, joining me in the studio, no disasters for him today, no parking in dodgy places, it's Jules Boyle, and Gaby McKay. Hello. On the pod today, we're going to discuss Kirk Broadfoot and his comments about Angelo Alessio after his move to St Mirren. And and f- a bag on his face there. <laughs> it's already started. poor yep. cook. And it's finally, you've okay. been poached for some other Are you going to let me do my intro Sorry, here? Sorry, sorry,
1: sorry. Continue.
0: Lack of professionalism on this podcast. <laughs> and finally, we're going to look at Sir Alex Ferguson, who will open Cormac Park, Aberdeen's sparkling new training ground, on Halloween. What does Fergie mean to an old git and a young millennial? <laughs> the young git. <laughs> Guys, um, Kirk Broadfoot leaving Kilmarnock and leaving Kilmarnock in a fairly spectacular way by uh, doing an interview with a couple of papers this morning in which he, well, there's no other word for it, slaughtered Angelo Alessio. Gaby, you're our man at the heart of the Kilmarnock support. (laughs) You weren't too happy. You wrote a piece looking at it in detail. You don't think that um, it was... uh, top quality stuff from Kirk Broadfoot to go out that way after such a positive spell at
1: the club. Scrambled out the door, he makes
2: what <laughs> <But> Look, Jules, <Jill, laughs> all all yoking aside. Give him a chance. <laughs> all yoking aside. No, I thought, look, if Kirk Broadfoot has a problem with Angelo Alessio and the way he trains, then, you know, that's absolutely fine. He left the, left the club on transfer deadline day and he actually went with... The good wishes of Kelly fans. I think people weren't too happy when he signed, thinking you know he's kind of over the hill. Uh, he was you know he was never particularly brilliant to begin with. Uh, he's had a few run ins, as he's had with every team, because that's what Kirk Broadfoot does. But he'd had a few run ins with, with Kelly players, and he didn't start off very well. But over the last two years, you know, he became sort of a bit of a, a bit of a cult hero. You know, the what, just to interrupt
0: because I just I hadn't heard the quote until I read your piece today. but what was the quote about that Kenny Shields gave about him?
2: Uh, he called him the the ugly Rangers boy. <laughs> 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 and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ug- Ugly Rangers boy was what he, what he called him because he had a, a bit of a tussle with uh, Manuel Pascali. But, I mean, you know, t- to be fair to Kirk Broadfoot, you shouldn't be insulting his appearance. He's from from and He can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> they, they shoot bow and arrows at the planes coming into Presswick <laughs> <laughs> Airport. The petty Earshore tribalism at <laughs> <laughs> <writ> large. <laughs> <laughs> Jules, to, I'll continue. Yes, <laughs> anyway, right. I, I, yeah, I, that, I'm just having a little joke there. But I think for Kirk Broadfoot to then you know, leave, leave the club the club released him from the final year of his contract don't forget so that he could join uh, a rival in the division now obviously we don't know if that uh, worked out better financially for Kelly than it did paying him for the last year of his contract but they could easily have said well if you want to go to St. Marin, St. Marin can, can pay us they didn't they let him go from his contract and at that point I think you just walk away you go with the good wishes of the fans you go down a popular figure at the club if you have a problem with the manager it's fine you're not working for him anymore instead He goes out and he gives an interview where he says that Alessio's training sessions had no tempo, that the players didn't feel fit enough so they had to go out running and whatever, which I haven't been in Angelo Alessio's training sessions. Maybe he's completely right. I wouldn't look to to say that he's not because he would know better than me he's been in those training sessions I'd find it odd given the level he's worked at the players he's worked with that Antonio Conte took him everywhere he went and Antonio Conte is not a man who suffers fools gladly and also is a man who is as I think obsessive about about fitness and and work like that but fine I just think for him to then come out and say that it's sort of a slap in the face to the club that employed him for two years who now have employed employed the manager and it's sort of thrown his teammates under the bus because you know the next time Kelly have a press conference, the next time Gary Decker or Alan Power or Chris Buck is up in front of the media, the media will, quite rightly, because Cut Broadfoot say this, they'll say, What about Angelo Lesio's training sessions? Cut Broadfoot says to this. Those players they might agree with them, they might not, but that puts them in a terrible position because they're still playing for that manager. They can't now come out and say, Cut Broadfoot's right, can they? So if they if they come out and say no, he's absolutely wrong, he's a liar. Well, I doubt they're gonna say that because he's probably their mate, they've worked with him. And anything short of no, absolutely not, he's a liar, people will take as, well, Cup Broadworth was telling the truth, they all agree with him. And it's just a terrible position, I think, to put your teammates in who you've been playing with for the last two years, and it's a slap in the face to the club that employed you for two years. The club that signed you on a three year contract on the back of a season when you played four games for Rotherham. I just think it's I think it just shows a lack of a lack of class, really. Um as I think I wrote in the piece, maybe that's just Broadfoot just cannot help but ha- want to be the enemy, you know. If you've ever seen him play, he loves winding up anyone and everyone. Maybe that's just the way he motivates himself, maybe that's just how he feels he has to be. Jules, yeah, you're, never going to match, you're never gonna
0: match you're never gonna match the insight Gaby's got. He's deep <laughs> no. in deep in, He's but, deep in Ayrshire. But you're long enough in the tooth, as we'll get uh-huh. on to later on, indeed. To have seen a number of foreign managers arrive on these shores. Yeah. And this just feels like Groundhog Day all over again. Now, listen, Italian coaches are different to Scottish coaches. Kurt Brogfoot might very well be used to coming in at 10 o'clock and doing an hour of crash-bang wall-up and then going up the road and doing the rest, his own thing for the rest of the day. That yeah. might be what he's used to. Um, somehow, I doubt that'll be the case under Steve Clark. I think it would have been uh, significantly more challenging than that. But clearly, Italian managers notorious for their tactical uh, the depth they go into with their tactics Antonio Conte was notorious for drilling players over and over and over again on shape and positioning and Broadfoot mentions that in in the interview Mm -hmm. is this another example of perhaps Scottish players not being Entirely open to new ideas and change and a different perspective
1: on football? I think it definitely possible. It could be. Obviously, Broadfoot's no spring chicken either. That was even deliberate.
2: Um, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even notice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, sorry about that. Um, but obviously, he's not. There are very good possibilities set in his ways. Um, as you say, he thrives on being a noise up. Yeah, so obviously, um, Angelo came in, he was going to have new ideas again. Um, obviously, Steve Clark would have his own ideas. I'm sure he's a very hard taskmaster. It's going to be a lunch for him. It's going to be a different move for him. He's came out the way, the way he's came out. I mean, KB illustrated it perfectly. The way he's came out sounds just very disgruntled to me. That seems the main thing. He's not a happy man. He's not happy. With this doesn't like that. Doesn't like this. It's entirely possible. It's just, it's just no one for him. I don't really. I can. I find it hard to believe entirely that it's, just, it's so slack as it's, as it's made out to be. It just doesn't sit right with anything you kind of uh, would expect. I mean, you'd expect. You can understand not liking it. Because it's too pernickety maybe but, or it's too
0: grafty or it's these uh, sort of isn't things. Isn't like there always the right sides, the one, side the wrong and side the truth, and the truth? The truth. So and, it's and, 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 and what it is is Broadfoot is probably not that open at his age uh-huh. yeah. or not that open to the Italian style of coaching. Yeah, all of sudden, Alessio is probably changing things to a level that's quite challenging for uh-huh. the players.
1: Quite rapidly possibly as well.
0: And then there's the fact that Well, of course that's going to happen. There needs to be a bit of give and take, a bit of man management in the middle that that smooths these things over.
1: Yeah
2: um I just think it's sort of symptomatic. I think in Scottish football that there's a sort of strain of I don't know what you call it, like sort of anti-intellectualism where mm-hmm. anyone who comes in who does something a bit differently from you know the way we've always done it is a bit suspect. You know, yeah. Ian Cathro get burned at the stake for having a laptop. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Paul <laughs> yeah. Le Guen. I mean, when Paul Le Guen now Paul Le Guen was a disaster at Rangers and hasn't really done anything since. But when he left Rangers, there were all these stories coming out. well he wouldn't let us eat burgers and chips <laughs> and Monster <laughs> Munch? It's like you're professional athletes. I, and, and this was sort of taken by the sort of general public as being, well, that's just him being sort of F- weird. fancy it. Frenchman. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, 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 I just think that it's a sort of parochial attitude where mm-hmm. we know best, we know how to do things. I mean, you know, it's not like Italian managers have ever had any success anywhere. What do the Italians know, the four-time World Cup winners? <laughs> what do they know about playing football? No, no, let's get on the park muddy let's kick it up in there. let's all boot each other around for an hour and call it training let's get everyone running up gulane sands or whatever <laughs> i mean i just and this is not specific to Kirk It's Broad Gullan it. by um, the way is it well i don't know yes i got gave you <laughs> on a pronunciation yeah well that's east coast nonsense yeah. isn't it <laughs> any, right Gullin sands whatever gulane well that's how it's spelled
1: um it's <laughs> any consolation i've never heard it so it's fine <laughs> yeah <laughs> a beautiful little village in east
2: lothian oh lovely that's, that's, that's two words I don't hear going together. <laughs> so the East Lothian question is how do you pronounce <laughs> that word? <laughs> anyway, the point I'm making, just to wrap it up, is I think that there is a sort of, you know, Scotland's a small country with a lot of teams and a, a big football following and I think there's a sort of element of tribalism, parochialism that we think that we know best about everything and that Scottish football is, you know, somehow different to football, how it's played all over the world. I mean, like, so... Broadfoot talked about, um, you know, oh I know that Alessio Alessio's worked with players at, you know, Juventus and the Italian national team in Chelsea, but I'm not sure that works for the players at on. Well I don't <laughs> understand how why should Alec Bruce train differently to Andrea Barzali? What's the you know, they're both central defenders. What Surely, if if I'm Alex Bruce, and, he's, and I'm not Cassius Perez and Alex Bruce, by the way, <laughs> that I just used it because they've got the same initials. But if, <laughs> if he comes in and you're Alex Bruce, you go, well, he's worked with some of the best defenders in the world. I want to know what he's doing when he's working with these players, and I want to follow that, because if that's what they're doing, why wouldn't I be doing that?
0: I, and the thing that Broadfoot is complaining about is shape. He's doing too much shape with us. Mm-hmm. So you would argue that, well, Alex Bruce wouldn't need more shape, because... Barzagli is as a as a world class international defender of many years' experience, I think he's thirty six now. Was part of the um, the team that won the uh, World Cup with Italy.
2: So yeah, absolutely. And the, the you know the other thing to say is it's sort of ill time because Kelly now haven't conceded a goal in three games, which um you know it's like whatever five hours of football certainly the shape they look solid at the back i mean if you look at again at the second podcast in the row, I'm going to bring up expected goals but expected conceded oh, goals kelly's is the third lowest it's actually better than celtic they've they have conceded more than celtic but statistically over a season if they continue to play this way you, they won't concede many goals The problem's been at the other end so there's really nothing wrong with it with the shape
0: right well i'm going to move on because we've gone way over time here <laughs> um, over my head we were, <laughs> we, yeah that's fine don't worry no change <laughs> there <Totally. laughs> Alex Ferguson is going to open Cormac Park, Aberdeen's new training ground on Halloween. And I just thought it was a good opportunity to have a wee chat, a, a very short chat now, um, about how Alex Ferguson is now perceived. Now, I'm t- kind of making out Gaby's really young, and he did point out to me earlier on that I'm 28, and I remember Alex Ferguson pretty well. <laughs> but Jules, as an old crusty, indeed, coming up for 50-year-old, you can give us a wee <laughs> bit of perspective, perhaps... Of the Aberdeen years, which Gaby and myself, being spring chickens, obviously. will not remember. Obviously. Well, what's your best memory of Sir Alex? Well, I was still a... I
1: don't was best memory, um, obviously, because I remember him being an absolute pain, eh, really. Um, obviously, I was a child as well at the time, you know, still, still young. Um, I remember him... I remember him going to Aberdeen, that was what, 78 or something? Yeah, so I remember him being aware of him, who he was, and stuff at that time. I was a little bit older. When 78, when he, you're right.
2: 78. 78,
1: 78 yeah. So I, I was still. My like,
2: mum was 14 then.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so I still remember. I remember that. I remember, but I obviously remember like the Gothenburg time. You know what I mean, you remember the Bayern Munich game. You remember, you know, the, the, the Real game, you remember that sort of stuff. Um... Because obviously you've grown up hearing about the Lisbon Lions, that sort of stuff, like this legendary thing, which was just before my time, literally before I was born. But it wasn't that long before it. I mean, you're talking, so that was what, Gothenburg was 82, Lisbon Lions. it's fully 15 years.
0: 83, I think it was. 83, Yes,
1: yeah, you know, my uh, mistake, 83. So there you go, so 15, 16, it's not a long bit of time. But there was a Scottish team, at that point, you obviously Aberdeen, you these things. Celtic Rangers weren't particularly all that, and you had this team that were doing this. this. Not only were they getting ahead of Celtic Rangers and doing that, but they were in this thing. It was in the, all the papers were full of it, the news was full it. it, was on all the time. In those days as well, there was no sports channels, there was no... You had the radio, do you know what I mean? And it seemed to be never off all the time. There was this total, you know, this insane buzz about this team that weren't Celtic Rangers doing this amazing feat, do you know what I mean? And, and they can remember it really clearly, they remember like, you know, teachers talk about it in school, we weren't Aberdeen fans, do you know what I mean? It was a thing you'd come in, and you know, I remember the day after the, the Bayern game was the semi, wasn't it? Um, before that, going into school the next day, quarter final, quarter final,
0: you're nearly there every time. I know,
1: well, you know, this is honestly, I, I couldn't remember yesterday if I was where to park my car, so you know, <laughs> 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 but, yeah, it's fine, but yes, the game before the Bayern, and we, we sat in school for about an hour the next day talking about it, do you know what I mean? Just that because it was such a big deal of these things. Um, I think it's kind of People don't remember as much because obviously he's been on the Man- Manchester United, all that stuff he's done. That's more his thing. And Scotland, even then, I think he's more known for. It. And rightly so, I suppose, because he's done so many years and these sort of things. But I think you know, you look back on what an achievement it was. But where it kind of, I wouldn't go so far as say United the nation because obviously everyone still had their own teams. But it was it was a huge huge, huge deal at the time.
0: Gabby, you're more of a Manchester United era Fergie fan. How do you look back on uh, his time, uh, well, or your time, watching him as you grew up, uh, his Manchester United teams,
2: and uh, maybe a little bit on his link with Aberdeen still to this day? I think what's amazing about Ferguson is the way that he had such sustained success over such a long time that he obviously moved with... With the trends of football, you see managers who they have a they have a shelf life. It gets to a certain point where there's the trends of football, whatever that you know you hear it all the time. The games left them behind. You know, you look at, for example, Giovanni Trapattoni, who is one of the most successful managers in history. But by the time you know he was in his final years, at Ireland, everyone's like the the guy's a dinosaur. He's playing this sort of reactive defensive football. Whereas Ferguson never sort of succumbed to those to those trends. You know, he started off at Man United in the sort of the Premier League. I think it was when English teams were banned from Europe. So it's all English players. It's all four four two, get it wide and cross it. And he left when, you know, you have the sort of Tiki Taka, Pep Guardiola, Barcelona thing. And he had his Manchester United team winning Premier Leagues, being successful in Europe throughout that time. He was never a guy who was afraid to rip up a squad. So we talk about... Um, you know, Bill Shankly at Liverpool, people will say that he eventually became too loyal to those those players who had served him so well and that's how his sort of um, reign ended, not his reign at Liverpool, you know, him being considered one of the best managers in the world where I'm talking about having a shelf life, whereas Ferguson never did that, you know, he had his sort of first team with Bruce and Pallister and whatever, then he brought in, as everyone knows, the class of 97, then he got rid of a few of them and then you had, you know, the really Class of Ronaldo. 97, was that? Was, was
0: it not class no, of
2: 92? Class of 92, yeah, it's sorry. A, yeah. Well, yeah. Sorry. Right. Class of '97
0: <laughs> was a different class that yeah. never made it. Yeah. <laughs> they, were, they
2: were they were going to be great. It
0: but didn't quite happen. No. Yeah, I
2: don't know why I was thinking of '98. Class of '92, <laughs> anyway. Yes. Um, and then he he had that team, obviously that great team. And then you think of the team with Ronaldo, Rooney, guys who again were signed very young, brought to Man United. He got rid of some older players and just sort of kept constantly reinventing that team. You know, thirteen Premier League titles. What was it? Did he get two European Cups in Manchester United? Yep. Just incredible you know run of success and he retired on top he retired having won the Premier League whereas you know like political careers most managerial careers end in failure usually you have that one last job where after nobody wants to take you whereas Ferguson went out having won the league so yeah and uh, I think it's it's great for him you know he uh, last year or the year before he obviously was uh, in some ill health he had the uh, brain haemorrhage and so to see him coming back up to Aberdeen to open the new training ground, I think I think it's a, a great thing to see. You know, it's a great thing to see that him still having that connection to Aberdeen, coming back to a club where he's a legend, and great to see him obviously still still up and about, still full of vim and vigor and shouting and hopefully, hair dryers. Hopefully, and, uh,
0: getting a nice glass of red wine when he's up and in absolutely. Yeah.
2: Well, that's all from us
0: here at Football Scotland for today. We'll be back tomorrow before four pm, just in time to make your daily commute that little bit more bearable. And get more from us at the Football Scotland website on our social media channels on Facebook or Twitter. You can find us there at football underscore scott you can leave us a review on itunes um that would be terrific uh, give us a five star one though nothing less <laughs> than that like, oh! don't give them ideas <laughs> <laughs> to ask a question or make a comment to us individually you can get me on uh, twitter at McFarlane. you can get jules at captain underscore howdy Woo! you can get gaby at gaby mckay i finally got them <laughs> all remembered all Yahoo! Right <laughs> until tomorrow thanks for listening